BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Some days I get truly a remarkable opportunity to sit down with somebody truly, I think, one of the best in this planet. On this planet, I should say, I am very happy to be bringing on Brainy Douglas, who is a Toronto-based visual artist, photographer, director, and illustrator. She has been catching eyes for the past few years as she continues to rise on the world spectrum. You have probably seen her on social media or seen some of her work, such as even photographing people like Oprah and Zac Efron and so many more. Her photography truly stands out in the crowd. And if you have seen her larger than life sculptures, they truly leave a mark on you. Brini's art is meant to strike conversation, push boundaries and reshape the perception of how we view ourselves. And she just so happens to be my best friend. So please welcome Brini Douglas to the show. Brini, here we are. We're like melding the worlds. It's why it's funny because we talk. I talk to you more than any other human. I world, know, and we've never actually talked on a podcast. Also, I <laughs> you just went into pure podcast voice, and I, I know it. I did. I do that. <laughs> it's my yeah. it's my soothing voice. It's a Sometimes it's like. <sighs> You know what? It's because with the microphone, I can hear so much of myself. So I feel like I really like I tone down into a softer, a softer voice. And I find it's nice when I watch my Instagram stories versus listen to my podcast. I appreciate my podcast voice. So you're welcome. You have a great podcast voice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm excited that we're doing this. We have a tendency to our work crosses over a lot, but we rarely do it intentionally. It's often like we get lucky enough to work together. But when we are together, we don't often take pictures. We don't often document it. We just like being together. So this is truly a really cool opportunity for me because you are somebody who has made such a mark in the art world. And we have very different lives, yet we are so, so similar. But I really want to just highlight your career path, especially as somebody who 
I mean, you didn't start in a world of opportunity. You really had to carve that path for yourself. And -hmm. you've also had like a million different careers before you. And I think it's important for people to know I was intimidated as hell of Brianna because I just assumed that she was just this person that had everything going and was perfectly cool all the time. And you scared the crap out of me. I just felt like you were so out of reach for a girl like me. And uh, we ended up having a lot in common and your story is so inspirational. And I think that it's important to kind of go back and start at the beginning and sort of share how you got to the place you are today, which is very cool and a little bit intimidating. And the name is Brianny, not Bryony, as I called you for two years. <laughs> and people will call me the wrong name now. And I'll be like, don't worry, my best friend called yeah. me for like a year. <laughs> Anyways, let's go back. Let's go back to how when you were living in Woodstock How did you know that you wanted to make a life change? When was that jump in your life into moving into a space like Toronto? And what were sort of some of those career steps? Because I know you went everywhere from bartending to a cheese factory. Yeah. Okay. So when I did live in Woodstock, I think I got my first job when I was 12. Uh, I was a paper girl and I delivered newspapers to the neighborhood. And then I have worked at Tim Hortons, Canadian Tire, I worked in a car factory for a while to pay for college, which I also didn't finish, but the thought, the good thoughts were there, but <laughs> clearly the good thoughts. <laughs> I, so then I was able to build like the whole front end of a car. And then I worked in a cheese factory, which was like, I used to party back in the day, which I think we've talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would stay up all night. And then go like roll balls of cheese at 7 a.m. And it was not a vibe I don't recommend. And then in terms of art, like I did always want to be an artist. However, in grade like 11, 12, my art teacher was so mean to me. And I remember thinking to myself, well, what if I follow art and then I end up being like grumpy and mean to people? So I completely didn't do art then. Wow. And I went into, I went into broadcast journalism I actually worked in radio. That's why I think I have a good, a good nose for good voices. (laughs) A good ear for good voices. (laughs) Welcome to the real me. (laughs) Anyways, I was in radio for a couple of years. I used to work up at Rock 95 and Barry. I would do like the live on locations. That was fun. And then I bartended for probably since I was 18 to like, so probably about 15 years, Wow, which is a long time. And then I worked in marketing for a long time too, like advertising sales. So different newspapers in Toronto. Gosh, I'm definitely forgetting things that I've done. At this point, you sound like an 85 year old with how many careers you've had. I know, right? (laughs) You've lived a million. I didn't even know about the Tim Hortons and Canadian Tire. Maybe I knew about the Tim Hortons, but like My gosh, you've gone through so much, but I love that you have this like beginning where you actually were construct. When you were building cars, was there something in you that was like, oh, I like this? Yeah, I was so good at it that I became the foreman of the line. So like I could do everything so efficiently that I was then, I I was in charge of everybody else. Like there was, you could see that I enjoyed that building aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I I know you recently reposted one of the first photo shoots you ever did, which was the rabbit head on a girl in lingerie. And 
I don't know. Like I I've seen so many people enter photography and I don't know that I've seen anybody go, you know what we should do? Let's put a rabbit head on a girl with, but that photo to look at it now, like I know for you, you must be like, oh, there's so many different things wrong with it, but it still like blows me away. I'm like, that's so cool. And so out there. And it like, it stops you. Like you literally stop and you look at it and you have like this moment of like Alice in Wonderland. Is it, is it romantic? Is it edgy? Is it scary? Is it like you have all of these thoughts looking at this singular photo what made you go, if I'm going to do this type of photography, I don't want to do anything but something that makes people think. I just, thank you. First of all, that's a very nice compliment as an artist. I, for me, like I always want to be think. I'm always just thinking outside the box. It's actually not a, a strategic thing. It's just, I like being different. I like being creative. I like really pushing the boundaries. It's funny because that photo was the first time I was published. I was published on the cover of a magazine over in Europe with that photo. Mm -hmm. And that is what really spurred my career as a photographer. So at the time I was working at a magazine and my direct boss was very chauvinistic. He was very mean to the women in the office and he treated me very poorly. And I remember I had been shooting for like a couple months at that time. And I was like, so I would be working nine to five and I would be up editing photos from seven till nine and then from five till usually like 1am doing photo shoots. Like I, this was my whole life for probably Mm. about six years. But what happened with that shoot specifically was my, my boss at the time was being really mean. He had done something ridiculous again and was speaking down to me and it was like 11am. And I thought to myself, you know what, uh, can I swear? Yeah. Swear away. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to quit. And I'm going to go do photography full time. Mm. And I, what I did was I walked over to my desk. I typed up my letter of resignation. I went and got the HR person. And I said, please ask, we'll leave his name out to come to a meeting. And we went into the meeting and I was like, here's my letter of resignation. So the, the opportunity that that magazine gave me was like, in my head, I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And I put myself in a sink or swim situation because I knew that's what I had to do to make myself put all the effort into it. So for the next, I would say five or six years, all I did was photography and bartending. So my whole, I I worked seven days a week. It, you know, it took a long time to get to where I am today, but yeah, yeah, that's my origin story. Weeknights can be some of the most stressful times to create a dinner for your family, especially if you've got sports going on or your kids are working or you're just tired as heck. But weeknight recipes can be easy as fill, roll, bake. What I'm talking about is Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. They can be added to your weeknight dinner rotation. And we are so busy all the time and we found so much fun in creating little recipes or finding recipes online at pillsbury.com that work with the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. You can actually find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle and it creates dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. And trust me, it's picky eater pleasing as well. Because if you have one kid that maybe doesn't like cheddar cheese, you can sub that out. You can remove it. You can cater each individual crescent roll to your family. We are huge fans of the pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, or we've even done ham and cheese crescent rolls, or little pigs in a blanket one as well with the hot dog on the inside. So many different fun recipes that are very pleasing for the entire family. 
So please go check out pillsbury.com slash everyday dash eats slash fill dash roll dash bake. And you can enjoy actually easy, fun cooking with your family or on your own because it really is as easy as fill, roll, and bake. Find more weeknight recipes at pillsbury.com. Trust me, you will not regret creating this rotation in your weeknights. There are so many creative people and so many cool business ideas that are looking for a way to create a platform for them to be able to sell so that they have time to create and build their brand. Whether you're selling a little cha-ching or a lot cha-ching, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to we just hit a million order stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your homemade scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. And Shopify actually helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. It's an AI-powered all-star. I have watched so many of my friends create and build and scale their businesses using Shopify. It has truly been a game changer for so many women in business that has allowed them to expand their brand beyond just the selling point, building an audience, creating community, and focusing on just making really good product and making their ideas come to life. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way as well, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And right now, this is a really cool opportunity to start. Sign up for $1 per month trial at shopify.com papaya, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com papaya now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash papaya. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast, And follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. I actually, I don't want to go into sculptures yet because I want to talk about the fact that you are in a very male dominated space. And like you said, there is a lot of not great men, especially in photo shoots. This has come out very much in the Me Too movement, how much we've seen power dynamics play out in workplaces, especially in the art world. And you are somebody who has like witnessed that, gone through that. And now I have watched you and something I've really noticed about you is how much you give other women artists opportunity. You hire them, you give them jobs because it is so hard. But how have you held your own 
in spaces like that, because I know it's taken a bit of a tough skin, but you're such a soft hearted person. But what is it in you that has allowed you to keep showing up in spaces that are constantly and openly rejecting women in a creative world? I think for me, anytime in my life, something has happened to me, like, you know, someone, someone's broken up with me. Somebody's told me, no, I'm like, well, I'm going to show you and not in a way that I'm like going to post pictures of you all over the town, like yeah. sex city, but more so like, I'm going to be so successful. You're going to ruin the day. But then it's funny because then when I am successful, I'm completely forget about the person, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like speaking to that, I think. I, I think we've talked about it before. Like I, I was sexually assaulted on set by a man when I was modeling. And for me, you know, the speaking out around that conversation is so important because I know the connection you have with your subject. I know that they're in your hands. I know that is your place to make them feel safe. And the fact that people take advantage of that to me is horrific. Like, it's, yeah. you know, these people are trusting you and to people to abuse their power, like makes me really mad. So that is something that I've spoken out of, about a lot. There are lots of great male photographers yeah. and I'm lucky to call my friends, but you have seen an abuse of power. And I do think because we've spoken about it so much that it really, it really has changed or I, I hope. Yeah. 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 And I've even seen you sort of like it, some of your male photographer friends or stylists and people you've brought on set, I've been there. They like are incredibly aware. And I think that's because of your openness and your connection with them as well. And their openness to listen and learn and like make people extra comfortable that you can be on a set. And you might even like, I mean, there's been sets that we've had to be topless and the amount of like dignity and respect and covering and protection. Like if you I've had full control where it's been like, who do you want on the set this day? Who do you, and that's like something that is so interesting. Like I've had so few experiences compared to you on sets, but I can tell you, even for me, I've had a hard time speaking up. I've had a hard time being like, I'm not comfortable with this. Or I've had a hard time just like, this is such a big opportunity. Don't say anything. Don't do anything to ruffle the feathers and make you seem ungrateful. And that is like, that is a, it, unless you're speaking up, like it does become like a ripple effect. So I'm really glad that you've like really surrounded yourself with people because every set I've been on of yours is truly like really respectful and so comfortable that you actually get to just exude all the best parts of yourself. And I think that that's really incredible. And like I said, watching you hire artists that are women and giving them opportunity to be a part of your brand while expanding on their own, I think is, is amazing. And you've taught people so much along the way, but then you got into really being known for these bigger than life sculptures, often being used out of trash. And it always, every time, like as your friend, you'll, you'll say something and I'll be like, Oh God, here we go. You're like, I'm going to build a shoe out of like a thousand bottle caps. And I'm like, oh my God, how is this going to happen? Because I see, I, I, I can't see it. Like I can't see the reality of what you have built in your mind. And, and it's funny because you always get to like that last two days before it's like the deadline. And you're like, I don't know what I was thinking. This is wild. How am I going to get this done? And then out comes the most beautiful thing every single time. I have yet to see it go another way. 
What was it about the trash to treasure story that really connected with you and made you want to sort of enter into this world of like recycled materials, mixed materials and building larger than life sculptures that truly I don't even know where they come out of your brain? Well, I think, you know, for me, like I didn't have the easiest upbringing and there was a lot of times where I myself felt discarded. So finding beauty in something that would people would consider to be discarded is where I really find joy. Right. Mm. And it also speaks to the conversation around recycling and sustainability, which is so important right now. So that's been awesome. I think my favorite moment, it was probably like a year ago, your mom was over at your house and you had a bowl of empty Splenda packets and she like asked you if she could throw or recycle them or if uh, they were for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love that I'm the go-to. I think one of my biggest regrets. Are you collecting this trash, Sarah? Are you yeah. just a, are you just a messy person? Are you doing this for Brianne? Like sometimes I should just say that. I should just say that everything's for Brianne. My parents. I'll be like, no, don't get rid of that. That <laughs> dust pile in the corner is literally for art. Like, don't. It's literally an art project, mom. <laughs> I, my biggest regret was someone like two years ago offered me. 10 pink toilets. And at the time I didn't have space for it. And I was like, no, but like, oh. I love like, how funny that is that yeah. I'm too for people's discarded items. And oftentimes we've made pretty cool art out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've always loved your, I always loved that you have such a meaning because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, there's such a cool thing about trash, but just the fact that like your heart is like behind, like finding value in anything and finding beauty in anything and mm-hmm. getting you to, getting to see you do that sort of on a world stage is pretty incredible. But I have to ask as a parent who, who have a kid who like wants to get into art, what does Cause I said this to you the other day, I'm like, what is the career path for her? If she wants to get into art, it's like, how do I encourage that? And you're like, my career is art. There's so much opportunity. How do you, if for people who are like, yeah, like I would really love this, but you've really put yourself in graphic design and photography in marketing, uh, commercial photography, sculpture building, you've never niched yourself in art. You've really opened yourself up. Do you think that that's an important thing or is that just a you thing? I think it's a me thing. I think I've seen tons of successful artists that are doing, you know, just illustration or just sculptures. And that's awesome. I think a win for one of us is a win for all of us. Mm. But I also think what I have done that may be a bit different is I really have tapped into the brand world of the art too, right? Yes. There's no reason I shouldn't be putting food on the table. Mm -hmm. And there is like a stigma around the artist. The starving artist, right? The starving artist. Like you need to die at 27. You need to not get paid for your work. You need to like, you need to really struggle to be a real artist. And like, you know, people will call me a sellout and like, that's fine because like (laughs) I get to eat. I get to like support other artists. I get to like, you know, I get to provide for my family. And anyways, it's a small amount say negative things and like a over in a very wonderful situation. I do find that's a common thing that people say about anybody in a social media stage where they start to begin to market themselves and they start to be able to build a brand is they forget that they're actually opening themselves up to creating job opportunities. Like both of us employ multiple people that supports multiple families 
And yet it's like, oh, you have everything or you are doing like, it's just such a weird thing because there's a forefront person, but it's like a CEO of a company. We don't like look at them and I, I guess we look at some of them and we're like, we don't really think about the bigger picture of like what that actually can provide. And I think it's important for women in business, especially people who are trying to run ethical businesses who are paying people who aren't taking advantage of things. But yeah, I think it's important for us to just continue you know, opening up the conversation about like women actually finding success and not like Mickey mousing. I say that like derogatory, but it's not like minimizing career paths that women are often in, especially if a man can be celebrated for all of his great success and a woman's called a sellout. It doesn't actually seem super fair. And you you have the cool opportunity where you've gotten the opportunity to cross social media opportunities and the following that you have Oh, and the marketing opportunities you have with your art world. That's something that I don't think I've ever really seen done before, which is a really cool thing. What keeps you going? What keeps you creative? I know a big part of that is also your journey in being sober. Do you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah. So I am seven years sober. It was a decision I made when I started working for myself and I really wanted to ensure that there was no reason why I wasn't going to succeed. Like I mm. wanted to control, I do have anxiety. So the most control I could have, the better to help yeah. my anxiety. I noticed that my anxiety was heightened when I was drinking for the days afterwards. I noticed that like I was just hung over more. And I also just didn't like the person that I was when I was drinking and like alcoholism runs in my family. You know, my father died at 52, which is like super young um, mm -hmm. cancer. And he drank a lot. And I'm sure that that may have contributed to it. So it's something that I was cognitive. And honestly, the second I quit drinking was the second my life took off. And right. all of things happened for me. I was healthier. I was happier. <clears throat> and what I say to people when they talk about potentially quitting is it doesn't make all your problems go away, but it makes you feel like you can manage them. Mm -hmm. You take back a little bit of that control when you, when you, rather than that feeling of recovering for multiple days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will use it to bandaid their situation. Like I've had a rough day. I need a drink. And for me, what that, what that would do is make the next day even worse because I'm just bandaiding what's happening there. And that's personally for me, you know, I try, I, I do talk about it. I do let people know that I am sober. I don't talk about it too much on my socials because I also believe that everyone needs to live their own life and discover their own path. And I don't want to ever come across as like too, you know, judgmental of other people's decisions as well. So what about the future gets you excited? Are you something like, you know me, I don't like to plan anything. I like to sort of like ride the waves of life, but yours is a little bit all over the place too. Do you have plans for the future? Do you set goals or do you like to sort of just flow and get creative as you go? I flow and get creative as I go. I don't, you know, if someone's like, what's a five-year plan? I'm like, absolutely not. I like to just kind of go with what's happening you know, I don't have the same brands that I always work with. I don't yeah. know where my income's coming from. So like, we just kind of go with it. I mean, I do have goals that we want to achieve. I want to start getting more work in the States and around the world. 
I've been extremely lucky to have such a wonderful experience and so many opportunities in Toronto and Canada, but we want to expand that out a little bit. So that's, that would be my next big goal. <clears throat> and maybe, I think it's going to happen. You were already yeah. on the side of a hotel in LA. That is true. And uh, potentially, you know, maybe a couple of TV shows. So we'll see. Yeah. So one last thing I wanted to ask you, because you have gotten the opportunity to photograph some like really big names. I always find it interesting meeting celebrities because there's this like weird, oh my God, they're like a real person, but there's also like this, I don't know, it's like this parasocial relationship thing where you're just like, how is this real life? Is there anything that's like really helped you stay calm, cool, collected, and like professional and understanding while having these like major like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to photograph Oprah moments? So for me, the way that I, what I do is I don't, I don't, I view these people as other humans. I Mm. think by putting them up on a pedestal, what I'm doing is showing the universe that I'm not equal to getting to that level as well. Right. So for me, I'm like, this is another person. They've achieved a lot and that's wonderful. And it's a great opportunity. But I, I, in my head, I just, just constantly reminding myself, they're just a human at the end of the day, just me, just like us. And I mean, Oprah was a bit different. It's Oprah. Uh, which was terrifying and extremely exciting. She was lovely. I had about, you know, maybe two minutes to photograph her, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, I still, no matter what, I think also because of where I came from and what I've been through, every opportunity is so, I'm just so grateful for no matter what. So, you know, there's, there's never been something, a room that I've walked into being like, you know, damn right. Like I should get this job. Like yeah. every time I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful. And always, I say, thank you like a thousand times for everything. Mm, yeah. Is there anybody who stands out to you that really surprised you? And you were like, wow, that's like different than I expected, like in the best way, you know, who stood out. I just want you to say lovely. it. You just want me to say it. Zach I just want Efron. you to say it. Zac Efron was like, the nicest human ever. I finished photographing him and he was like, are you sure there's like nothing else I can do? And I was like, okay, Zac Efron. <laughs> I know how much you love Zac Efron. I know. So I also think that whole photo shoot was so cool because you actually were photographing it on an iPhone. You were asked to photograph yeah. Tiff on an iPhone. So you didn't have your normal camera in hand to rely on to make you feel like that extra layer of confidence. You were literally basically proving that anybody can create art with their phone and you, you freaking nailed it, but that's intimidating. Yeah. That was a wild ride. That was like, and then that's another opportunity that I'm like, I'm, I still will sit here and it turned out great. But in my head, I'm like, I'm just so grateful that I was chosen for that. You know, we were flown out really quick to learn about the iPhone. I was the first person in the world to learn about the iPhone 14 and how to shoot it. I was the first one to have it in my hands. And I photographed them all on the phone before people even had the phones in their hands, which is pretty neat. I had to learn how to use it, you know, in about six to eight hours. (laughs) So that it was terrifying, but I love a new challenge. I think that also speaks to why I like doing such creative shoots Mm -hmm. and so many different things because I like to be challenged. I like different things constantly. Otherwise I get bored or distracted by like squirrels. There's been like three chipmunks that have walked by during this, this call. Yeah. Your eyes are all over the place. I love it. 
You're like me. It's fine. I just sort of want to end on this note where uh, you've had, you've done a million different things and you really, you really changed your career in your thirties. What would you say to somebody who like has these big lofty dreams, but has no idea where to start or, you know, really has that doubt in themselves that it's ever really going to work out? Is there something you would say to people who are in that place? Well, like, as as you know, it blows my mind that in school right now, they're like in grade nine, tell us what you want to do your whole life. And then we're going to plan for that. Like I was still, you know, like, up for days in a row partying. Like yeah. I was like, how was I, how, like, it just blows my mind that that's where we're asking kids to, you know, decide what they want to do with their life. I didn't decide until I was 30, 31, what I wanted to do. I, I mean, I think that I should probably talk about that more because I feel like a lot of people are constantly like, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And they have to have it sorted out. You know, they have to be married. They have to have a family. They have to have a career. Like, you know, it's just, just go with the flow and it's never too late to learn. I mean, I learned how to surf last year. You did. Like there's tons of, I think, I think for me quitting my job at the time, the way I did set something off my brain that like, for me, nothing is unattainable. Like if I see someone doing something that I'm like, Oh, I can figure out how to do that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. an awful time with my sculptures too. Like I will draw out a 500 pound, five foot elephant made out of rope and they'll be like, yeah, okay, do it. And then I'll go home and I'll be like, I have absolutely no, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. And then like, just figure it out. Like there's yeah. always ways to figure it out. And if you make a mistake, you can just paint over it. Done. And you've done that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Many times you have reworked projects and you've You've always, always, always made it work. And I think that that's the thing. I think a lot of us wait for the fear to be gone. I think we wait for this moment of like absolute confidence before we step forward and do anything. I think we all sort of have these doubts in ourselves, And really what you've done is just this great belief in what is possible, even when you don't even see what that looks like yet. You draw out a sketch and that's often, I I don't, I know this because I get to see a lot of it, but when you're presenting things, it really does start with a drawing. It doesn't start with a structure. It doesn't start with a model. It starts with a drawing and an idea. And then you're sort of like putting together that idea. And it's been many, many times that it's something you've never done before. It's many times that you've, you know, been up 19 hours straight because that original idea didn't work and you have to change it, but it's never not worked out. And it's never been because you waited for the fear to be gone, to be confident, to do something. And I, I love that about you. And I think that it is a really powerful thing for people to know about you. I think a lot of people don't know, like, I think again, with social media, you see the highlight reel, but Mm. like how much work, I mean, how many times I say, no, I can't come hang out with you or no, I can't come to a dinner. No, I can't come hang out with Lemmy, which is like devastating because I'm on my eighth day in a row of working literally 19 hours to get this sculpture done in time. Yeah. I also like, I mean, you're not just my best friend, but like, I don't think people realize how much you help me too. Like, I, anytime a project is approved, I'm sending you sketches. I'm sending you check over my grammar. Like you do so much for behind the scenes for me. And like, yeah, 
That's it's my love. favorite though, because it's so far out of my world that I'm like, Ooh, I love this. I yeah. love when you like, I get to be a part of it. It's funny for me now when you even, <laughs> I mean, it's a common joke on social media when you post something and people are, and you like write a really like nice comment about it. When I see a post of yours, I haven't already seen and like pre-approved the cover album. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, where did this come from? And I'm always like, what? <laughs> No, I usually see everything, all the behind the scenes, which makes me have, it's almost like, I remember when I was working at the keg and I was a little bit terrified to work there because I was like, what if I find out something in the kitchen that's horrible and I'll never want to eat there again. But instead I got to see how much work was put into literally every single bit of it. And I think that's why I just grew in so much respect for you over the years, more than just you're a really cool person and you dress really cool and you're really pretty and like all of these cool things that you do. Apart from that, you work so hard and your heart is in everything you do. So to mm. witness that over and over and over again, I mean, you don't have a backyard party without creating a giant chessboard sculpture for your guests to enjoy. Yeah. Everything is everything is done out of love It's and for your passion to share that with other people. But the steps, we get to see, you know, the final step. And most people don't realize how much goes into it each and every day and how much you push yourself and how much you, you know, create opportunities for others. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a little part of that because it is truly so magical. I think in the coming years, we're going to get to see more and more, I hope, of, you know, that true story of what art, what the art world is and how mm -hmm. it can really be a career. And it shouldn't be something minimized, even as a parent who's like, <laughs> what career in art? And I like, I, it's still, there's so much stigma around like having a career in art, but you're out here doing it. And it's so inspiring. I'm grateful now after I've come down from my fears of it, of the starving artist thing that I have a kid that like all my kids just think you're amazing. I mean, you even know Bowden, he's like always in his room. And the second I say Breen, he's here, he's popping out and he's coming down. <laughs> He, the last time we were together, he asked for a picture with you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Your kids are my favorite kids. Like they're, they're just cool. They're every, every one of them is so different and I just love them all so much. So yeah, yeah. They love you too. And, and it's nice. Now you have moved out to the country. You're living a little country life outside of the city, but closer to me as well. And it's nice to see you get that peace and relaxation in the little moments between, because I don't know that I've ever heard from you before when I, I've been anxious and you'll say something like, have you gone outside barefoot? And I'm like, when you lived in Toronto, you would never say that. You'd be like, careful outside. The squirrels will steal your food. It's, it's called grounding. Yeah. It's good. It's good. You should just go out. It's been yeah. good for you. Thank you so much for allowing me to sort of share some of your story with everyone listening because you are, I forget how mysterious you seem to so many people and how... I don't know. Like you, you have so much that you've done and there's so much to the story. And I think it's so inspiring to know that like, you haven't always been there. You've worked really hard to get there, but also that opportunity is not lacking for others. And hopefully other people will say yes to their fears and go after the things that they really want to do because you have been scrappy for a long ass time doing everything you can to make sure that you, you make it. And I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate that even down to sharing your sober journey and how much that's impacted my journey, giving up alcohol and how much joy, fun, and creativity happens in a life without it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's something that I probably wouldn't have even considered if it wasn't for somebody 
carving that path and like letting me witness it. And I think it's an important part of your story. So for anybody who randomly doesn't know who you are, where can everyone find you? Well, first of all, thank you for all the nice words. Instagram is at Brini, B-R-I-O-N-Y. And I have a website too, but that's (laughs) (laughs) BriniDouglas.com. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really fun one for people to listen to. And hopefully they enjoy getting to know you a little bit more as I get to talk to you every five minutes of the day. That's the other thing I don't think people know. We literally talk all day long, every single day. Yeah. We start with Wordle in the morning and then it's like everything all day long. You're my rock. You're like, you've listened to many unhearable. You can't understand what I'm saying when I'm crying. (laughs) No, it's I know, but vice versa too. This friendship has been, I think, something that I was really grateful the day that Matt Barnes shot us and just his vision of what do two powerhouse women together look like? And what is that story? And how do two people so different and yet so alike cross over their weird little career paths and create this friendship and bond and support for each other? And yeah, it's been really beautiful to be your friend, even though you scared the shit out of me. And I'm so grateful that we bonded over pugs. And I mean, six years later, here we are. Yeah, it's so true. It's It's so true. You feel this is going to sound really corny, but you feel like home for me. Like when I when I'm with you, like there's a sense of like just like calmness and, and peacefulness. I know you've tried to get off this call. Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not, I know it's you're that's busy, but no, it's so true. And there's people in your life. I remember when you were going through a breakup and I said to you, it doesn't matter who you make a life with. I, you've already made a life with me. Like that's who we are for each other. Like there isn't. And the other day I said to you, I can't imagine us like ever being mad at each other, like ever getting in a fight or like if we ever weren't friends, like I can't imagine ever having a bad thing to say about you. And you're like, why why would we not be friends? (laughs) Just like drilled into me. And I was like, we're never not. It's fine. Everything is fine. That's not an option. You were like, you, I, you know, I've spent a life feeling like abandoned a lot by people Mm -hmm. that shouldn't have abandoned me. Yeah. You really changed my perspective, not only just with us, but like in my current relationship, like you were like, you just need to change it. Like we are yeah. family. This yeah. is what, this is, this is the way it is. Like we'll always yeah. figure it out. So no, there's no option of us. not. I know <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> we are family and it's been yeah. as much as I love your new and you're in a great relationship now and he's brought into the fold and we get to yeah. witness that as well. But it is like, we've spent Christmases together. Like we've had so many, we've had so many amazing opportunities to really meld our worlds. And I'm so grateful for that. And uh, yeah, so I will stop gushing about you. No, I'm never going to. I'm never going (laughs) to stop gushing. I think you're the greatest person on the planet. So that's just that. I love you. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for sharing your story. And for everyone listening, go follow Brini. She is one of the most inspiring people you will ever see. And while she has this like really cool exterior, she's also like the biggest hearted person you will ever meet in your entire life. And so filled with passion and truly carving path for women everywhere. So go take a look at her page. It's Brianny. It looks like it said Brianny, but it's B-R-I-O-N-Y. My Siri doesn't even understand your name. I have to be like Brioni to get it to Brioni. like my own Brioni. Yeah. If so. I say Brini, it like doesn't, it's like, sorry, I don't know what you mean every time. Anyways, go check her out and we'll see you next week.
Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.